Welcome back to the Game of Life podcast. This week on the Game of Life, we are recording live from the Sea of Galilee in Israel. Yeah, you heard me right, the land of milk and honey in Israel, where we are bringing you the Game of Life podcast from all ends of the earth. A few weeks ago, we were dining on fine sushi in Tokyo, Japan. Last week, we're chilling on the beaches of Maui, Hawaii, sipping our pina coladas, and now we're here in the Holy Land. Israel is an absolutely special place, literally one of those spots that you have to experience to appreciate its true beauty and understand its amazing history. Literally, life started here. No offense to the Smithsonian and everything in Washington, D.C., but a little more going on here in Israel. Yeah, bringing it to you from the Sea of Galilee this week. And this week on the podcast from Israel, we are very blessed to have a very close friend of mine and someone who was a mentor to me, life coach extraordinaire John Farwell. John has an extremely interesting story that you are about to find out on. Trust me, you will not be disappointed in this. A story of following passion and not chasing the world's view of success when it was literally right in the palm of his hand. John was a young, up-and-coming basketball coach. Five of his closest friends and fellow assistants are now high-level Division I coaches who are household names. But John, as he will tell you, chose to follow passion in serving others over climbing the proverbial success ladder. In this podcast, John goes in-depth on how to find and truly follow your passion, what real success means, and why you absolutely need to bump Israel to the top of your bucket list. All of this, the rapid-fire round, of course, our weekly three-pointers, our NBA inside information you only get here on The Game of Life, and much, much more. This podcast is jam-packed with relevant daily life goodness that you can use every single day from one of the top life coaches. Basically, even more jam-packed than this warm pita and hummus shawarma I'm munching on right now overlooking the beautiful Sea of Galilee. Maybe I'll go walk on it here pretty soon. All right, without further ado, time to buckle up, grab your pita, and let's do it. It's just been a crazy journey. Um, really, it started out with coaching. I, I was a horrible high school basketball player. I was the 12th man on a 12-man team. And the only difference between me and the guy behind me is he had to pay to get in, but he got to eat popcorn during the game. So that was pretty much the only thing that separated the two of us. Um, I was two for two my senior year, but they were both jump shots, so I want you to know they were not layups. Not in warm-ups? Not in warm-ups. No, I'm talking oh, about actually actual you know, game, uniform, game warm, warm-ups off and in the game. The clock was ticking. <laughs> But beyond that, I was blessed because uh, they were, Purdue was recruiting a teammate of mine that was a junior behind me, and that kind of opened up some doors with my um, high school coach to the coaching staff at Purdue. And so when I went to Purdue, I was able to, to be a manager there for four years and just had the privilege of being incredibly influenced by, of course, Gene Cady. And at the same time, the assistant coaches were Bruce Weber, Kevin Stallings, and Steve Lavin, um, just to name a few. So I was just surrounded by some yeah. really great coaches that – had a tremendous impact on my life. And of course, Coach Katie was just, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, so what can you say? And then from there, I was privileged to go on and coach at Fresno State with uh, Gary Colson. And I went to Yale University with Dick Kuchin. And then I was a high school coach. And then I coached with uh, George Raveling for a little while and then Charlie Parker at USC. 
and then as a head junior college coach, and then I was fortunate enough to go overseas and, and coach in New Zealand with a an amazing point guard who made me look absolutely spectacular as a coach named Tony Bennett, who was by far the best player in the country, who is now having a tremendous run at Virginia as the head coach at Virginia. So that's kind of how I got there. But what kind of diverted my career? Yeah, so basically you've been around a ton of very high-level coaches, and if you wanted to, you could have just followed with them, followed in their footsteps, been at a high level. I would say, like from watching you coach, you could have been a high-level Division One coach if that would have been what you wanted to do. Yeah, well, yeah, that always always involves lots of different factors. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have the ability to recruit to be a high-level coach. And and my hard part is that um, I'm more interested in coaching guys' hearts than I am about you know the wins and losses. Obviously, I'm very competitive. I've been kicked out of a few games, so there's <laughs> there's no doubt that I'm competitive. But the issue is really what gets me excited about is not the basketball. The basketball is just a, a, a means and a tool to be in a relationship with young men and help them grow and understand how they fit into this world and and that they're made for a purpose. And how did that how did that basketball using basketball as the tool as a vehicle to not just help people on the court, but but the bigger seeing the bigger picture, being able to have an impact on their lives, have an impact on their hearts, not just making them or helping them become believers, but helping them become disciples, basically. Well, it really started with me because I really believed in my heart of hearts that if I could become a college basketball coach, that I would find the love and acceptance from people that I've always longed for. Mm. And God bless me because... Okay, I'm a, I'm a guy who barely played high school basketball, did not play college basketball, grew up on a chicken farm in Michigan, and yet here I am coaching um, Division One schools and having more success than I could ever thought I could have. And what God allowed me to see is I climbed the top of the ladder and looked around and go, really? This is it? So we're talking about following your passion and, and how important it is to to have a passion and just go after it 100%. So, John, knowing your background, you were at a young age, you were on pace to become a high level Division One coach. A lot of people in your network have become some of the top coaches and currently some of the top coaches in the NCAA. You were on that climb. You were on that mountain that you could be right now sitting coaching a high level Division One. And I know you had a lot of offers that you had to turn down. So why why did you why did you go away from what society would have thought as super successful to follow your passion of mentoring players and being a life coach to them behind the scenes? Well, well, first it starts with myself because I was coaching for all the wrong reasons. I was coaching really to find my identity, to find my self-worth, and God really had to work that through me personally to find my own ground and grounding in Him and knowing that my self-worth isn't in my title or where I coach. So that was the first thing that happened, and God definitely was blessed, uh, blessed me enough to do that in my life. And then after that, to be really honest, I mean, basketball is a simple game. It's, it's complicated and it's simple all at the same time. And I honestly got, kind of got bored with it. And mm-hmm. what, what got, more, got me more excited about the game and, and being involved in the game was the people and how I can help people to make, become their best. The great thing about uh, athletics and especially basketball is you can't hide who you are on the basketball court. The, in, under competition who you are and what you believe about yourself and others is going to come out on the basketball court. And what a great opportunity to have a, um, to look in the mirror of who you are, where you're at, what's going on in your life, and using basketball as that vehicle to go deeper to heart issues with guys that are not just going to affect their basketball, but it's going to affect how they get, how their husbands and wives, or their wives and how they're going to be parents. 
it's just a great opportunity. It's a little um, micro uh, laboratory where you can really help people understand themselves. Because basketball is going to, you're going to play for maybe what five, ten years at the most if you play after college, and then there's a lot of life after that. So what you found is the joy in having an impact on people's lives in general, not just the quick fix of on-court basketball, but saw them for deeper, deeper reasons and using basketball as that vehicle. Maybe not for your own success, but for the success of others, being, being a servant, basically. Well, and that's, that's what makes life worthwhile. I mean, I've heard a quote saying, if you want to have a, a good uh, afternoon, take a nap. If you want to have a good day, go fishing. If you want to have a good year, win the lottery. But if you want to have a good life, mentor people, help people. Because it's exciting to see even people that were my peers when I was at Purdue or out of just my first couple years in coaching who are now Division One head coaches. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I knew that guy when he was 21. And now look at him today. I mean, just to be able to be a part of seeing people that leave our program and go on and go elsewhere to do things and have amazing uh, experiences and, and be able to impact people, like even you, for example, just thinking about where you were when we first met to where you are today and what you're doing, I never would have thought that. I'm not surprised. Come on, man. I, but I never would have. I just, you just don't know what, what guys yeah. are going to do when they, leave your, when, when they leave your time together. And here you are, and I, and I see you having a tremendous impact on people and multiplying what you've been taught and what you've experienced and how God's changed you to really have an impact on other people, and it's, it's a ripple effect. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Quick, real quick question. Which, which one was a fish? If you want to have a good afternoon, go fishing? No, have, you want to have a good day, go fishing. Okay, good day. Because you have to get up early, like you know. Okay. So you have to get out there, and you have to fish all so, day. So I'm just saying on the Sea of Galilee, we might have a really good day. It, I mean, we just throw our nets out, and since we're on the Sea of Galilee, if we're not walking on it, we're catching a bunch of fish. If Jesus is with If us. Jesus is, please, Jesus, help us catch 5,000. We're all out here looking for life-changing experiences, and everybody wants one, and everybody is looking for one, searching for one. But most people, when one comes, they're so afraid of change that they just push it away, and they don't, they don't embrace that life-changing experience. And I know one big thing that you have taught me is when you have the life-changing experience, it's, it's for a purpose, and embrace it and go after it. Can you tell us um, the time that you had your life-changing experience and you knew, man, this is what I just want to pursue and I'm going to attack it with all I have? Well, actually, it starts out with a negative. As sometimes life-changing experiences, things that seem a negative on the front end actually turn out to be an amazing positive thing. So I was started my coaching career um, after I graduated from Purdue. I was at Fresno State and then I was able to coach at Yale University in Connecticut and then I was a head high school coach at my high school where I played at in Michigan, back home, my home in my hometown. And at the end, of the end of the school year, they cut all sports at my school. So I went from having a job and then having no job. And um, long story short, I had a friend of mine who offered me a Division II job to go help him coach at a school in Massachusetts. And through a wide set of circumstances that I don't have time to get into right now, the job was eventually taken away from me outside of my control. And I can remember getting the phone call on October 14th when my friend said, you know, John, my athletic director, he wants to go in a different direction, and I can't hire you. Well, for those who are old enough to remember, October 15th is the first day of practice. And I hung up, hung up the phone, and I went upstairs and cried for about an hour because for the first time in my life, I did not have basketball as the centerpiece of my life. And through the process over the next month of, of just processing, praying, soul-searching, I really realized that even though I grew up in the church, 
Jesus was probably about third on my list of priorities. It's probably my family first, basketball, and then Jesus fit in there anywhere he could. And then I realized that's not how this thing works because I read the passage in Matthew um, 6.33. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Well, I wanted all the add-on to you without the first part. I wanted all that. And so I really, I literally got off my bed when I was reading my Bible, got on my knees and said, Jesus, I'm putting you first. And that was a life-changing moment because that's the whole catalyst that began this whole transformation of me as a coach of coaching for people versus coaching for myself. And I would not want to go back and do that time again. But at the same time, I praise God for that time because I would not be here today without that. And so sometimes... God just forces you to have to change. You don't have an option not to change. So that's what he was, he, he knew how stubborn I was. And so he put me in a situation where I had nowhere to go but to change. That's, that's a really cool point to say, because a lot of people view tough times and difficulties as woe is me, why is this happening to me, instead of the differing perception of, all right, this is just training. This is just building me up. If I can get through this, think how good I'm going to be at the end. I like that perspective. Change is not a bad thing. Embrace the change. John, can you tell us maybe one, two reasons why everyone should visit Israel sometime in their life? Put it on the bucket list. (laughs) Well, it definitely needs to be on the bucket list for a number of different reasons. But the biggest thing is, the question I would ask is, do you want to know your Bible? Do you want to understand the source of the story? Because the Bible was written in a cultural time, in a cultural place. And the best way to understand that is to actually come to the culture in which it was written. Now, you may think that's about, oh, 2,000 years ago, but yet so many things in this culture are still relevant to the things in the Bible and how people lived, how they thought, how they functioned, and that's really huge to understand the story. Second of all is the land's the land. Um, my second master's degree in this is um, biblical geography and history, and my professor would always say that the, the land of Israel is the game board, and the game board's never changed. The mountains are the mountains, the hills are the hills, the valleys are the valleys. And you can look at battles that have been fought in biblical times, and then you can look at battles that were fought in modern times, and guess what? They were fought the same way because the topography is the topography. And so there are, there are ways to live in this land that has not changed and will not change because it is, it is the land itself. And, of course, the last one is the people. And if you really want to understand... Uh, what's going on over here, understand all the political nuances of things, then the only way to do that is to come over here. You cannot sit back home in America and watch the news, and I'm not making any negative comment on the news, but it's just not nuanced enough to be able to understand what's going on over here until you come here yourself and experience and hear people's stories on both sides of the fence and understand how how they arrived to where they are. So... Here's, here's what I've seen from Israel, and those are great points, is that Israel, everybody thinks it's a really dangerous place. It is not at all. It's way safer than me walking out my door, walking down the street in L.A. Like, Tel Aviv might be one of the coolest cities there is if you want to have beach, you want to have good food, you want to have things to do. And then you got Jerusalem everywhere Jesus walked, like John was talking about. It's cool to see how the Bible comes to life. Like, I'm a big big picture book person. I know that sounds pretty shallow as, as a learner, <laughs> as, as one to learn, but I like visual visualization and being able to see and piece together the characters in the Bible and where they actually were in the exact places is really special and really cool. But 
One thing I'm gonna have to say, John, that you forgot, you did not mention the hummus. Like, <laughs> yeah, the hummus is amazing. I didn't like hummus till I came here, but now I'm I'm sold. You gotta try it to believe it. Quick break into the podcast. We'll get back to the second half of John Farwell. First half jam packed, as you can tell. Love that quote. If you want to have a good hour, take a nap. If you want to have a good day, go fishing. If you want to have a good year, win the lottery. But if you want to have a great life, mentor people. Couldn't say it better myself. I'm writing that down, maybe tattooing it on myself. Something that I can remind myself of that daily. Got to tell you about our sponsor for this week. It is Ample, amplemeal.com. Check them out. As you know, we have had Connor Young on the podcast, their founder and CEO, and he is changing the game in nutrition. It's an awesome movement. I absolutely love them. Love the taste. Make a nice, thick smoothie for lunch every single day. Let me break down this nutritional profile for you real quick so you know what you're going to be getting. Quality proteins, healthy fats, probiotics, fiber, plant-based micronutrients, clean carbohydrates, Basically superior natural ingredients from real food to help your bioavailability and just make your life so much healthier and better. And it tastes like chocolate ice cream. That's a little secret. I love it. Check them out and type in nurse at the checkout and you will get 15% off your order. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. All right, here's what I need you all to do right now. I need you to drop everything you're doing and go to iTunes and leave a review. Give me a five star. I don't care. Hey, give me a one star. Actually, don't give me a one star. Give me a five star. I do care. It's going to help everything. Going to help me be able to continue to get great guests on this podcast, continue to get great sponsors, and just bring to you everything you need in life to enhance your life to the fullest. And we'll just have a lot of fun continuing to grow together, continue to learn together, because you know that's what we're all about as Game of Lifers. Also, right around the corner, we have our second listener question and answer episode coming up. So if you could, please leave me a question or any kind of comment on Twitter, DavidNurse05, or Instagram, DavidNurse5. Everything that I just talked about there in that mumble jumble will be linked in the show notes so you know how to leave a review, how to leave a question, and to know when the date is that I'm going to do the drawing for the NBA tickets to a game of your choice in December. That's coming right around the corner as well. All right, second half of the podcast coming up with life coach extraordinaire, one of my mentors, John Farwell. He is going to blow your mind on some rapid-fire questions and just some life advice that you can live with Every single day, this next 20, 25 minutes, it could change your life. I would really recommend that you stay tuned in. Oh, also, three-pointers of the week at the end of the episode, they're coming at you strong. Here we go, second half, buckle up. John, as we are all about self-improvement and life improvement on the game of life, give us one life hack that you do personally every day to improve yourself. Well, I'll give you one attitude and one thing I physically do. First thing is you treat every person as your ministry. So the next person you meet is the most important person in the world. So whether it's a person at Starbucks making your coffee, looking them in the eye, actually reading their name tag, using their name, 
or even if it's just you know walking out of my bedroom and my three children and not seeing them as obstacles to get on to bigger and more important things that are outside of the house, but genuinely seeing them as the most important people in the world, which they are, we know intellectually, but sometimes as, as fathers who are busy, we see them like speed bumps getting in the way to bigger things. And so that's the one thing, that's the attitude thing, is just treating the next person you meet as the most important person. Second thing, the thing I actually do is I have a list of books and I read one chapter every day of a book. So that means I probably read about two, maybe three books in a month, depending upon how big they are. But definitely a habit of reading one chapter a day, in addition to my Bible, of course, but one chapter a day in a book that I'm interested in, whether it's uh, some biblical historical book or uh, a leadership book or something like that. But that's definitely a habit of reading one chapter a day. And the only habit that you need to break is watching the Cubs. Well, as long Terrible as you keep habit. on winning. Terrible habit. That's a great habit. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into my favorite part of the episode, the rapid fire, putting you on the hot seat, Mr. Farwell. Okay, if we are going to have a movie of yourself, tell me who's playing you. You look exactly like Steve Carell, so I could see you choosing him. <laughs> and what is the theme of the movie? Well, that's definitely going to be Steve Carell because that's Told ya. the one person wherever I travel overseas, that's the one person that people always ask me if that's what I look like. But it would definitely be a comedy because, nice. I mean, you, you've got a 5 eight basketball coach who grew up on a chicken farm <laughs> who is now coaching all over the world <laughs> and had the privilege of having some great young men with me who played in the NBA and then just... That's, that's, that's got to be comedy. So it's like Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> meets some kind of basketball genre movie. Napoleon Dynamite meets uh, semi-pro Will Ferrell. How about that? Perfect. All right. I like that. So tell me, you can invite three people to a dinner party. Who you got? And what are you having? First, let's start with who you got. Uh, Winston Churchill, uh, Joshua L. Chamberlain, and Mike Krzyzewski. Okay. We know Mike Krzyzewski. I think most people know Winston Churchill. Who's the other guy? Joshua L. Chamberlain. He was the uh, lieutenant colonel of the 2nd Maine Regiment, and he's basically credited for winning the battle at Gettysburg. What's fascinating is he was a Bible teacher, and he was a scholar who taught himself military tactics in the field and uh, won the battle with um, a very textbook military procedure when they ran out of ammunition. And had they not won that hill... Uh, a little round top at Gettysburg, uh, the Union probably would have lost Gettysburg. Now, in addition to what I really appreciated about him is that he knew that was the most significant moment of his life. In fact, he, was, he would known to be, go back and sit there and realize that, that that was a life-defining, life-changing moment. And a lot of times, people don't recognize that until that moment's passed. And he knew in the moment that that was it. And I really, I really gravitate towards that kind of thinking. Interesting. So basically everybody on your list has military background, even Even Coach K up at at West Point. And what I find most interesting is how you rattle them off so quickly without even thinking about inviting me. Maybe I read some books about them. (laughs) Uh, What are you having? What are you cooking? Well, definitely going to be risotto Risotto? and probably some really good steaks, Um, Caesar salad, definitely, and, um, and then beverages of choice. And a side of hummus. Hummus in Israeli, of course. Who was your role model when you were growing up? Well, really, I was very blessed to be influenced heavily by Coach Katie at Purdue for four years. And he really had a great impact on my life and just how he led and, and how he did his, how he went about his task. 
That's awesome. Coach Katie at the University of Purdue. Well, actually, Purdue oh, University. but that's Purdue okay. University. Legendary coach. Look him up. All right, so we're over here in Israel, and we're talking word pictures with the Bible and relating it to everyday life. Hit me with one. Worry. A lot of people worry about lots of things. Yes, they do. And uh, there's a Middle Eastern statement saying that worry is trying to eat tomorrow's pastures today. Mm. And that goes back to Psalms 23 when it says that the the God leads us to the green pastures. Well, growing up on a farm in Michigan, I thought the green pastures were a belly full high alfalfa field where I'm a sheep and I can see how I'm going to eat for the next five years, I've got zero worries because everything's right in front of me. But actually, like life, the word picture is not that. The green pastures in Israel is actually the desert where you have just enough when you need. But the one thing that takes away the worry is that the good shepherd is with you and the good shepherd's taking care of you. And he knows exactly what you need before you need it, need it. And he gives it to you exactly when you do. And so that is probably, that was a life-altering Come to Israel, have an experience, see the word picture, change a game changer for me internally as far as knowing understanding about worry and trusting that I have a good shepherd in my life who loves me and cares about me, who's with me in the good times and the not so good times. Because following Jesus doesn't mean everything's going to become great. It just means that you're not alone. Wow, that's that's a really powerful one to me too. Like that's how I viewed it as being cornfields in Iowa where I grew up, but coming over here to see how it's just day to the next day and not having to worry about, oh, I got to plan this out or I got this coming in my life, but knowing that it's all taken care of. It's on the greater plan. If you can leave the audience with one piece of advice, I know it's tough to narrow it down into one. I mean, you're just a wealth of knowledge just (laughs) spitting it at me all day long. I'm trying to bounce it off and avoid it and sift it through. But if you could leave the audience with one piece of advice, what would it be? Surround yourself with people who love you and can give you honest feedback. You need honest feedback because one of the things we talked about on the fall tour is that you can't hide your insecurities. And the only people people that are hiding it from themselves are ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty obvious to everybody else where we're struggling, where we're insecure, where we need to grow. So we need people who love us, who can help us identify those things so that we can apply the things this whole podcast is about. That's, that's really good. Couldn't have said it better myself, but I'll try. Thank you so much for your time, John. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. Always so great to see you, David. It's such a thrill to spend this time with you here. One of the best life coaches that I know on the face of this planet my mentor, and we got to get rolling because we're going to go climb some mountains, see if we can find Moses' burning bush. Word is it's still hot and on fire. Maybe. <laughs> and I'm bringing a spigot and a lamb, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna grill them. We're going <laughs> to grill that lamb on the burning bush, and of course, we're gonna aside. We're going to have hummus. Say it correctly. Hummus. Hummus. Signing off. Game of life. That's a wrap from the Sea of Galilee. And of course, I'm going to get myself some hummus this evening, a little pita bread, kick our feet back, you know, hang with Jesus right here in his hometown, Capernaum. Not too bad of a day here. Big time thanks, though, to life coach John Farwell for coming on the podcast and dropping his knowledge, advice that we can use on a daily basis of following our passion and not 
caring about the world's success because it's going to run you ragged if you do. All right, now it's time for your favorite segment of the podcast. I actually have no idea if anybody listens to this part or not, but it is my favorite. So I'm bringing to you the three-pointers of the week. The first pointer in the three-pointers of the week, the book that I am reading, I'm reading Mindset by Carol Dweck. What it's about is people with a fixed mindset, those who believe that abilities are fixed, are less likely to flourish than those with a growth mindset, those who believe that abilities can be developed. Fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Mindset reveals how great parents, teachers, managers, and athletes can put this idea to use to fostering outstanding accomplishment. The second three-pointer of the week, the life hack that I'm testing out, and I'm kind of putting together one of my own this week. I am putting together a life hack of how to burn fat without actually doing any type of exercise. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of weird, but here's what I'm trying to do. All that I've researched and learned on is drinking massive amounts of matcha green tea, cold showers in the morning to get my metabolism rolling for the day, intermittent fasting, meaning I'm going basically eating from a block of eight hours from noon to 8 p.m., getting plenty of sleep so my body tissues can recharge, and eating a lot of healthy fats and lower carbs and not any spinach like Popeye. Okay, maybe I lied about that last one. A lot of spinach in the smoothies. Those are my personal life hacks that I've found to help burn fat and uh, keep the metabolism high the most efficiently. I've done a lot of research on it. I think it's true. I think I could be a scientist in this area. Probably not, actually. But yeah, try it out for yourself if you want. Research it some more in depth. I'll put some links on uh, more articles. You can check all this out on. And the third three-pointer of the week, the NBA behind-the-scenes info that you only get here on the Game of Life. Well, with the preseason starting, training camp back going, the NBA season tip-off right around the corner, let's take some picks on who is going to win it all. Conference championships, all that good stuff. So what I'm saying and what I was saying before Melo went to OKC, I'm taking Oklahoma City and Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. And I'm taking Boston and Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston getting the upset over Cleveland this time. And Golden State over OKC with Golden State winning it all. Those are my picks. Let me hear your picks. Send them in to me. Send me your picks and why they're going to win it. Give me MVP, Rookie of the Year. Let's just jump all nerdy into the NBA and we'll keep diving deeper into more inside information as I continue to travel throughout the country to my NBA players that I work with, different NBA teams, and get you more insider info. All right, that's a wrap from the Sea of Galilee on this podcast, The Game of Life. You know what you got to do. Go leave a review at iTunes. Let me know any questions, any thoughts, any feedback, any way we can keep learning and growing together. I'll be back in L.A. next week and should be in L.A. for a little while coming up. 
Uh, love to travel with you guys too. I'll put my travel schedule online coming up here soon. And if I'm in any country that you're going to be in, come see me. Let's have some dinner. Let's have some lunch. Whatever your country eats, you know I'm going to be a big fan of. Thank you for listening. Just an awesome blessing to have you guys on this podcast supporting me. It means a whole lot to me. Game of Life, David Nurse signing off. Remember, life is a journey. Enjoy it. Thank you.